Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sunflower Days Ago podcast. This is Nicole speaking. All right, so I've been sitting and thinking about the last couple of years, and I think it's been it's been about two years since we bought my my car that you know we have had many many issues with. And I wanted to just do like a reflection podcast to kind of like give you guys some tips and tricks for buying a used vehicle. So when we were first deciding, we, you know, we were always like, we need a second vehicle. Our schedules aren't working out between kids and, and, you know, husband's work. We just, we needed something else to get us by. Okay. So we shopped, we looked around, you know, we were like, oh, we're not going to get approved for anything. We weren't sure if we wanted to put it, you know, a down payment or anything. And then we were like, we'll wait until tax time rolls around. And then when we get tax money back, that'll be the down payment. At least most of it would be. And so between then and tax time rolled around, we decided to just shop around looking for what we wanted. We both agreed on the vehicle that we purchased. Uh, the make and everything. I had my hesitations when, uh, when we did eventually find a dealership that had one and I drove it a little bit and um, and I, I noticed some things with the car before we even purchased it that, you know, it was like cosmetic things and a couple things here and there that were kind of like red flagging to me, but we bought the car anyways. And one thing I want to tell you is don't go against your gut feeling on a vehicle or a house or any big purchase that you're making together as a couple or even by yourself. Because you you want to buy what you want. You don't want to settle for something just because it's convenient or because it's, you know, it's a pressure situation where you feel like you have to do something or else you're never going to find another house or vehicle that is going to be like the one you have basically like the feeling you're going to miss out and that was the feeling I definitely felt I'm pretty sure you know my husband felt the same way in some retrospect and um I just wish we would have just taken a little more time and really put some pieces together before signed on the dotted line and put down payment on it and everything because I know that it would have helped us tremendously in the long run financially because we put down a down payment our interest rates were through the roof because we had no credit we were building our credit by buying this thing and so we had to start somewhere and we learned a lesson so purchase the car we bring it home and my windows get stuck down okay the motor went out on them okay the dealership covered that luckily had they not covered that I would have been a little bit you know hesitant to keep the vehicle so the um, the dealership had already had to put a new battery in the car So, when uh, we took the car back, I made note of a few other things. I said there there was already something 
kind of going wrong with the air conditioning and that there was uh, the headlights wouldn't turn on and um, there was one other thing oh the, the airbag light the service airbag light was on so those things were already happening when we bought it and in the last two years the only thing that's left is the um, well the air actually went out finally completely so I have no AC as of right now but I have a heater that's what matters right now is having the heater um, <clears throat> and the airbag light still is on that is just something that is a wiring issue it is not something that is going to make the, the airbag malfunction so and there hasn't been any recalls on my car make a model or airbags or anything else so I have been just uh, keeping an eye on things and if I notice anything different popping up then I'll make note of it once we hit a year we were past our warranty the small little tiny warranty with the dealership itself I'm not giving out names I'm not going to bash anybody because when you buy a used car you need to educate yourself on like your rights your responsibilities and stuff before you go in for the most part we did that for the most part you know we knew what we were getting into so that's why we didn't you know we did what we could under warranty and we didn't you know try to get more or less from the company because they really did go above and beyond to you know get us into something because we needed something desperately yes that's their job but at the end of the day they could have said oh i'm sorry we can't help you you know and um uh, could have walked away with nothing so a few months go you know going down the line and uh my abs light comes on this is the part that it starts getting really sh with the place we went to to have this work done. So the ABS, traction control, all those lights come on and I go and get the sensor replaced. And that's all fine and dandy. Then a couple months later, the mass airflow goes out and it does all the same things, but this time it's something different. It, it, you know, it's a mass airflow sensor. So I paid for one mass airflow sensor two months after the ABS light, and then not even a month later, the mass airflow sensor goes out again. Same company does it again. Then a couple months later, that mass airflow sensor goes bad. So not only have I paid for two mass airflow sensors to be put in my car, you know, I, I paid for the part, I paid for the labor for them to be put in my car. So two times I've paid, well, the one time I paid like 300 and then the other time I paid like 100 because they like tried to help me out and stuff like that. Then the third time that I had to put a mass airflow sensor in, I did not take it back to this place because they told me my computer was bad in my car and I had to take it to the dealership to have them tell me no it's just the mass airflow sensor and I was like again I've had it replaced so it'd be the third one and the AC had gone out around that time too and they were trying to tell me at the dealership I needed over seven thousand dollars worth of work done to my car 
So I paid for the diagnostic fee and uh, I left and was just like, they wouldn't take it in on a trade-in because it wasn't worth anything. And they were charging me out the butt at the dealership to have things done. And I was like, I'm not paying you $7,000 to get my car fixed because I barely paid more than that when I bought it. So why would I pay you guys, you know, that much to fix a car that I don't fully own yet because I'm still paying on it, you know? So I have my dad look at the mass airflow sensor because my dad is amazing at, you know, car stuff and he knows more than I do. I know a good amount because I've worked with him over the years on and off on things and gone to work with him at the auto parts stores. But he pulls out the mass airflow sensor and it wasn't even connected. It was, it was loose. It was about to fall apart. And whoever put it in at um, the the Firestone that I went to, they they must not have double checked or known or missed something because it was missing a part as well. So from then on out, I just kind of had my dad do work on my car because I couldn't trust anybody, and I knew my dad would figure out how to do do it if he didn't know how to. The only thing we haven't fixed there, and that's fine for now. There's a local company here that I will go through once they open back up, and they're supposed to open up here soon. So we'll see how that goes. I am just glad that we learned the lesson when we did, and it didn't have to be, you know, that my car was a complete and total bust and like completely died like it wasn't the the vehicle has a good engine it's got a good transmission you know all these things on my car like the big major components that really matter are good it's the little things that like um like the windshield wipers were really bad too when we first bought it but those are that's those are things like you're normally responsible for replacing. So those were things that I went ahead and was just like, no, I'm not going to worry about them replacing it. I will do it. Because there were, there were contingencies to the warranty where you couldn't, there were only certain things that they would cover. And I wish I would have gotten my struts done way in the beginning because they definitely needed struts for a long time. But I had my dad do them. And... My car has been really nice riding since then. We did get a couple of new used tires put on in the beginning as well for a road trip that we went on two years ago. So we maintain it, we do what we need to do, and I also, oh, I, I had gotten a crack in the windshield. <laughs> And I got it replaced. And then about three days ago, four days ago, something hit my windshield. And I have a little tiny crack in the windshield that I already had replaced like two years ago. So I'm actually going 
back to the same place that put my glass window in my car and they're going to fix it because they're they say like their first um the first crack fix on your windshield um is on them and if it's you know something that is uh out of the range of of a quarter if it's more than a quarter it's like a fifty dollar repair um, if they don't have to replace the glass. So that's where we're at with that today. So I just wanted to give you all some advice. When you buy a new, new to you vehicle that has been used before, which most of them have been used, take it to a mechanic. Pay the money for a mechanic to go through and do a whole entire diagnostic walk around, you know, really look at the Carfax, okay? If you have the Geico app, you can put your car in with the VIN number and all that stuff when you put it on your insurance. You can look through it. You can see the Carfax for free. A lot of places give you the Carfax for free printed out as long as you ask them. Um, I looked back at the Carfax and realized that the car hadn't been serviced at an actual dealership in about a year before we bought it. So I was very concerned and I hadn't realized this until two years like after the fact. Well, about a year, year, a year and a couple months passed when we bought it because we're going on two years of having it in February. So I highly recommend that you go through your bank and try to get a loan because they will work with you, especially if you have credit union. We went directly through the dealership and we were put on a, um, on a, uh, financing company underneath the financing company. And we paid way more interest than we should have. And we just didn't have our bank long enough. If we would have just waited a few months and then gotten not alone, we would have been in better shape. But truth be told, I have no regrets about buying my car. I will be getting the air fixed on it and a couple other things most likely done to it. I'd like to put on a towing hitch or uh, assembly. Some places call it different things, so I just want to clarify. And I would like to get some seat covers to protect my seats, because I have fabric seats, not leather, and they have seen some better days with kids and friends and family and all those things, it definitely puts a little bit of wear on your car. But it's also, it's a very comfortable vehicle to be in. It's nice and roomy and spacious. And I love having it for if I want to go to Lowe's and get my plants. Or if I want to go to get some wood for projects or build something, you know. I just flip my second row down and put what I need to in my car and I'm good. 
I highly recommend if you're going to buy an SUV that you put your money into something that has third row because it will offer you more space if you have one kid or if you have two kids, if you have five kids, you know, you never know how many kids you're going to end up having, you know, or friends you're going to want to take somewhere. So I like having... I have a total of eight seats in my car and I have enough room for seven passengers. And then I also have room in my trunk for a good amount of stuff if I go to Sam's Club or Walmart. So I'm going to tell you right now, if you buy an SUV and you're buying it for space, definitely go with something with the third row. Um... I know that the Subaru Accent is third row, Toyota Sequoia, the Hyundai Paladin, the new ones that are out, they have a couple one, and then there's the Telluride, there's the Honda Pilot, GMC Acadia, the Chevy Traverse, and then Volvo has one that I can't think of. BMW has the the Tiguan, I believe. So there's lots of vehicles with like third row seating in it. My third row stays down most of the time. But that's for uh so I have plenty of room for stuff going somewhere and I don't have to like go home and drop stuff off to go back out to get more stuff. So If you like podcasts like this where I kind of tell you like things that have happened to me and I kind of won't talk about, you know, what I learned, please feel free to share this, you know, find me on Instagram and I will talk to everybody in the next podcast.